0: Good morning and happy New Year. I'm going to speak to you today about a passage in the Red Book called "The Truth of Ilwan Song," and I want to speak about it because of how interesting and important it has been to me. Um, when I first read it, and when the Red Book first came out, I was totally enchanted with it, and the reason was that At that time, my understanding in Mayana Buddhism that there were two truths, the the conventional truth that we live in and the ultimate truth that often was spoken of as emptiness. And conventional truth was equated with samsara, the round of suffering, and ultimate truth was equated with nirvana. And when I read this passage, I realized that that didn't seem to be the way Sote San saw it that, in fact, he described these two truths in this passage, as I understood it at the time, um, uh, without labeling them that way, but, you know, ends up near the end saying, um, so that the triple worlds in the ten directions appear like a jewel in hand. And I thought, well, if that's conventional reality, it sure sounds pretty good to me. Um, So, over the years, I've continued to reflect on this passage, and I feel like it's become more and more complicated over time, more, deeper. And I have more questions about it than I did originally, but not to change my original impression. So as I talk to you today, I think what I'm going to be saying might, see, might either be confusing or be filled with questions, because I think one way of thinking about this truth of Il-Wan Song is like a koan. Or wadu that we don't find answers in as much as we find inspiration and in questions, and that um, by examining each uh, each sentence, each line, we'll often be left with well, what does that mean? Why does it go that way? Some sense that because Sotisan wrote it this way, at least I think, and that it's 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 in this language that we can. Trust in it without even without necessarily understanding it, but seek inspiration and realization in it. And I think the deeper our realization, which I'm looking forward to someday, the more sense it would make to us. So let's start out. I'll start with a caveat um, in the um, Iwan Sangval. The first line is Iwan is the realm of Samadhi beyond words and speech. That line beyond words and speech often seems very important to me when we're trying to seek ultimate truth. It's beyond words and speech, and so we stumble around with it and hope that someday we realize it beyond words and speech. At least I hope to. So, here we go. Ilwan, one circle, is the original source of all things in the universe. Right there, wow. You know... So I I was reading a little bit in another book, uh, the Purple Book, and um, the author there pointed out that one circle, Ilwan, one circle, means a circle with no circumference, an infinite circumference. I thought that was kind of interesting Um, and gives the power that's invested in this symbol that we shouldn't confuse with the symbol itself, but rather that's the truth of what the symbol stands for. So the original source of all things in the universe, gosh, I don't know what to think about that. The original source. Um, I guess that original source is present now, it's present in the beginning, it'll be present in the end. It's, and it, everything comes from it. The mind seal of all the Buddhas and sages and the original nature of all sentient beings. So the mind seal could be thought of as the understanding that Buddhas and sages realize after practicing and deep, deep realization and, and try to pass on to other sentient beings to gain, so that they can gain the same deep understanding beyond words. The realm where there's no discrimination regarding great and small, being and non-being. So, what struck me about, and I'll go on a little bit, the realm where there's no change amid arising and ceasing, coming and going, the realm where wholesome and, wholesome and unwholesome karmic consequences have ceased, the realm where language, names, and signs are utterly void. So this seems like the permanent realm. This seems like the ultimate realm. Um, and this reminds me of the passage in the Heart Sutra, where it goes, no, 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 no. No eyes, no ears, no nose, no tongue, no body, no mind. And, and it seems like, at the same time, one thing that's, that is really interesting to me and confusing, is that it starts with know what there is. <laughs> you know, it, it's like he's saying these things exist discrimination regarding great and small, being and non being, change amid arising and ceasing. And at the same time, Ilwan exists outside of that and inside of it. And then th- there's um, an unwholesome karmic. Ah, oh, wow. It's written in differently than in the red book. So in the red book it says, "Unwholesome karmic consequences has ceased," and I think that's such an interesting way to put it. And "have ceased" is also interesting, but "has ceased" makes it makes it present. It has ceased right now. You know, it's not something in the past. It's not something, you know, in the future. It's right now. Um, and then again language, names, and signs are utterly void. I probably thought of a million more things to say about that, but I'm going to go on, um, because I've already forgotten them. And so here's here's the next big question that this raises for me. Okay, so, through the light of the void and calm, numinous awareness, impermanent conventional reality comes about. Okay, and goes, the, the discrimination regarding great and small, being and non-being appears. Okay, so what does that mean? Through the light of the void and calm, numinous awareness. So it sounds like the void and calm, numinous awareness is like what we were talking about in the beginning. You know, void and calm. Maybe it's the numinous awareness. You know, maybe it's the, the idea that um, of illumination somehow creates the conventional realm. And he goes on and says, in contrast to the to the permanence, that discrimination regarding great and small, being and non-being appears, whereupon the distinction between wholesome and unwholesome karmic consequences comes into being. Language, names, and signs also become obvious so here we are, we're going into the conventional realm, the stuff that you know, we're trying to get away from in conventional Buddhism. But then he says, "...so that in the triple worlds and the ten directions appear like a jewel in hand." That's such a beautiful description of conventional reality. And it fits so well, in my mind, with the teachings of the Fourfold Graces. That, you know, if, if reality that we live in is so horrible, What do we have to be grateful for? We just need to get out of it. It's all suffering. But no, I don't think that Sotih San saw it this way. And I think that, well, what do I know? But it seems like there's something to be be strongly considered there. And then he ends with this beautiful passage um, that seems to me to express something about how they go together. Thus, the creative transformations of true voidness and marvelous existence freely conceal and reveal themselves through all things in the universe throughout vast eons without beginning. This is the truth of Ilwan Song. And along with the great description of the interpenetration of permanence and impermanence, that last line, vast eons without beginning, without beginning, it answers the question of where do things start? Where do they come from? How did, what, you know it doesn't start anywhere. It's always been there. It's always been going on. You know, we don't need a first, a first cause because it's always been going on. It's very hard for me to understand, but at the same time, it certainly makes a lot of sense at the same time. So thank you for joining me us and me this morning. Um, Hopefully in the future, once again, I'll have a deeper understanding of this to share with you, um, but hopefully this is some understanding to pass on. Thank you.